Hello, and welcome to the adventures of The Yellow Peril and Magical Negro. And this week we are talking about, well, yeah, 80s cartoons. Yeah. Um, but we should probably start with This Is My Shit. Yes. Because I have read some good stuff. Okay, so what are you into this week? Um, well, you loaned me The Wicked and the Divine. Yes. Uh, I love it, and I want more, and I feel like it is a less rapey Watchmen. Ooh, I like that comparison. Um, because you've got the whole thing with the, uh, it basically being a murder mystery, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of is sparking off murder mystery, superpowered beings, and someone having to kind of explore all the connections between people. And so, um, when I think about it, it's sort of like what old noir would do, detective Mm. noir, because it's like, there's a crime, but it's really about all these interlocking relationships and who are these people. Yeah. And, uh. I like it. I really want to learn more about all the characters, because I felt like this was, like, a nice prologue, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, now I want to see all the characters and what their deal is, right? Well, I almost feel like this first... I don't know this for sure, but it feels like these first five issues were almost meant to be a miniseries in case it wasn't popular. Right. Like, this is a self-contained story. Um, but I hear now that they're going to have, I think, at least 60... I think they have a definitive end. Okay. Um, but the next collection's coming out in July, and it's going to explore the fan side of it. Okay. Because, um, oh, now I'm going to forget her name. The main character. Yeah. Um, she starts to be invited to, like, fan conventions. That's <laughs> like a speaker on panels and stuff. Right, right. So, um, I'm really... Because she's got the insider line, and exactly. everyone's like, yeah, okay. And I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you liked that one. Yeah, um, so... Uh, my friend hooked me up with Miss Marvel. Oh, everyone has been geeking out about Miss Marvel, and, and like I'm such a like cynical, jaded bastard at this point <laughs> that when when people are like, "Oh, this is great," I'm like, "Yeah, I'll probably be alright," you know, mm-hmm. like because I'm like everyone gets hyped, and I, I usually see things, and I'm kind of like, "Yeah, it was okay." I was like, "No, this is great." Like, um, it's great from the very beginning. Within the first few pages, they do this really great call out of. Um, People using white privilege and microaggressions and mm. not in a ham-fisted way. And I really like how they portray the other um, superheroes that show up. Mm-hmm. Um, because they do this interesting thing where um, this, the older superheroes who show up don't overshadow her. Nice. Um, like, basically, they all kind of come to the same point where they're like, yeah, we went through it too. You're going to have to figure some stuff out. Like, they're like... We're going to tell you some things, but it's clear that you're, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. And, and you seem like you're smart enough to do it. So, cool. And I was like, oh, good. Um, it actually had one of the few depictions of Wolverine I found to be really great. Oh, nice. Um, which is kind of hard to do, because Wolverine is so easy to just turn into Frank Miller. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I mean, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Frank Miller is Wolverine. <laughs> There's some so much truth in that. Yeah. Um, and then there's one, th- there's a third thing. Like, okay. So there's a week full of stuff. Yeah. I found a webcomic called Agents of the Realm. Okay. It is all college girls who go through a magical girl scenario. Um, I think all but one of them is women of color. Mm. It's not, it's clear that there is at least some romantic interest going on, although I'm not clear, like, I'm not sure if. I'm not sure any of them are straight, and I'm not sure any of them aren't straight. So okay. it's an interesting, ambiguous point right now. So, um, 
but yeah, they have magical girl stuff going on. They're fighting like uh, fighting like weird spirit monsters, and it's got one full chapter. It's a web comic. So what's it called again? Uh, Agents of the Realm. Okay. It's got one full chapter, so there's enough to read that you'll get a story arc, but it's also pretty early on. So okay, yeah. Um. So let's see. What have I been doing this week? Um. I've been busy with shit, but. The two things is I started um, the advanced copy of N.K. Jemison's new book, The Fifth Season. Okay. Which is fucking fantastic. I feel so bad. I haven't gotten to any, I haven't gotten a chance to read any of her books since the uh, since the trilogy, right? Yeah. Because like, because I've been like fighting cancer and then broke. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I have I have Killing Moon and Shattered um, Sun. Okay. So yeah. I can let you borrow those yeah. for sure. Um. The fifth season is fantastic. It's a world in which, like, a post-apocalypses have become, like, de rigueur. So they have plans. It's called When a Season Comes. Oh, jeez. And they store food for, like, up to 20, 25 years. And so, basically, because the Earth is angry, and it moves a lot, and shit goes down. Wow. And meanwhile, into this, you have people who are able to control the Earth. And so they're feared, and a lot of times they're killed in small cities, like, as children. Okay. Um, and you also have, like, just, there's a lot happening. You, you're basically following three storylines. Um, an older woman who comes home one day to find her, um, her three-year-old son beat to death by her husband. Yeah. And he's taken their daughter. So that's happening. And what, what I love about that storyline is it's written in the second person. Oh. And it's fantastic. It's all like, you know that I loved it. Love it, love it, love it. And then you're following a young girl named uh, Demaya, who has just been found out to be an Oregon, which is what they call the people who control the earth. Okay. So she's been kept in a barn by her family until this guardian could come and pick her up. And then you're following um, Sinite, Cy- I think it's pronounced, okay. who is a trained Oregon in the city. She's a four-ringer, because it's all, like, ranked by how many rings you wear. Okay. And um, she's being sent on a mission with a ten-ringer. And I don't want to say what the mission is, because it's a little spoilery. But um, it's fantastic. Okay. It's really well done. I'm only, like, four chapters in or so. But I love the writing. It's beautiful. The world is really interesting. The world shows, like, prejudice really well, because they have the other name for Oregons, which is, like, Roga. Right. Which is what everyone calls them when they, like, beat them to death as children. You know, I think it's really interesting. I'm just going to say this real quick, but I'm sure we'll cover it more next week. Is mm-hmm. It's interesting how, like, the post-apocalyptic type stuff has shifted from uh, complete anarchy as mm-hmm. the source to more the organized dystopia. Yeah. More systemic oppression. You mm-hmm. know, instead of, like, a whole bunch of dudes in, like, you know, punk rock gear show up on, like, messed up bikes to, like, raid your town. It's now, like... And now the guardians will come take your children away. Exactly. Right? Like, it's super interesting. So I'm loving that. The other thing is I got back into a webcomic. I started again from the beginning mm-hmm. that I love, love, love called The Endling. <gasps> I need to get back into that. Oh yeah. my god. Um, the last time I had stopped was when they got on the plane. Oh yeah, it's gone farther. Um, and I, for those who haven't uh, read it, you should, number one. It's online, and I think she gives, like, she doesn't just give a page a week. She gives it, like, a chapter a week. Dang. Um, yeah. And the art is beautiful, and it's done in some of those cutscene ways that I really enjoy, where, like, sometimes clicking the next button 
doesn't change the panel. It just... Or doesn't change the whole page. It doesn't change the whole page. It just, like, someone opens their eyes or, like, words appear. And I love that sort of stuff. And what it is is a young girl in high school who's working at a college. And she's doing all this stuff, whatever. Not important. The important part is the CDC is exploring what human evolution will be like in one billion years. And so they have this um, virtual reality. Yeah, Yeah. virtual reality simulation running. And they've slowed it down for the last week so people can watch in real time because it's been sped up because it's a billion freaking years. And so she watches the last human child be born. um, And then it starts to talk to her through the program. Right. It's like evolved enough to realize it's in a program. Mm-hmm. It is talking to her and it basically, I want out. Exactly. Help me get out because we, I don't want to die. And because everyone's hunting me. Right. And so like, you don't know what's happening, but also he has all the, like all these abilities of all the creatures on earth. So he can like, he basically can evolve any power that out he of wants. his body. Like he can be poisonous. He can be regenerative. He can can bite, at one point he bites off a finger and it moves on its own and does its bidding. Like, he does not play. Um, It's dark, and the thing I love about the Endling is it doesn't shy away from, like, the dark aspects of this. Because there are moments where I'm like, but, oh, you did... What I like is that it's not clear if he's a villain or a hero or just neither, right? Like, I mean, he's just... Like, I think the thing that is great is um, it's sort of a level of sociopathy involved, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Too strong? <laughs> no, I was okay. just hot. Okay. Um, uh, the um, yeah, it's just like it's like a point where he does something good, and you're like, yeah, but then he does something scary. You're just like, Ugh. and he and it really is that he doesn't have our morals, com- our morals at all. It's not even that he's like going against his own morals. He just doesn't have ours, and he's like, it's that whole blue and orange morality where it's like, how do you judge this character because their morals are completely different from ours? Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are my two, this is my shit. I'm still not all the way caught up on the endling, but I can't wait to be. Um, but yeah. 80s cartoons time? 80s cartoons time. Um, I mean, I'm going to say the thing that actually I've been thinking about for the last week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, that's unique to 80s cartoons, or at least uh, a new thing that happened. Mm-hmm. 80s cartoons is when cartoons became very gendered. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I can see that. I think you have some gendering before that, like Josie and the Pussycats and a few, like... Well, some of the 70s. Yeah. yeah. But you're right, 80s is when, like, cartoons very got definitively defined as this is for girls, this is for boys. boys. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think about it, I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't gender problems in older stuff. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's not like, like, everyone would watch Bugs Bunny. Everyone would watch, like, even, like, Snow White. Like, the Disney princess movies were not specifically for girls. They were, like, it's a fairy tale. Everyone sees it. Well, Everyone it, saw Bambi, right? Like, and in many ways, those older princess movies um, were presented as princess movies, but also the princes were heavily involved in the advertising as well. Right. In an attempt to do that balance thing for everyone. Right. Even though no one can remember any of those princes' names, and who cares? Yeah, it's like the black-haired prince, the blonde-haired prince. Right, it's the all, prince. It's whatever. the prince, whatever. Right. Um, but you're right. Wow, what if you did a Disney movie with actually having prince? A Disney movie with prince? There'd be a lot of purple. There'd be a lot of purple. And a swear jar. I'm just like, but you really would have to come up with a really great princess, because, I mean, it's goddamn Prince. (laughs) I mean, he's too damn, damn, like, screen-stealing, right? We already know who who the only woman who could be the princess in that is. Who's that? Well, no, actually, there are a couple women. Janelle Monae. 
I, I was thinking the same thing. Or Grace Jones. Ooh. Grace Jones would be the awesome fairy godmother. Oh, I know, but I want Grace Jones and Prince to, like, team up and That's have true. an awesome kingdom. But, like, just fall. imagine Grace Jones stepping out from behind. Like, like... Who are you? I'm your fairy godmother. Come, come on, on, come on. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Um... <laughs> Uh, so we've segued. <laughs> but in such but a good way. In such a good way. Disney, if you want that idea, call us. We'll write the script. <laughs> um, um, but okay, 80s cartoons. And yeah. gendered. And and very gendered. And I remember... No, I understand because I watched... My big cartoons in the 80s were things that were gendered female. Right. Um, I loved My Little Pony. Right. I loved Gem and the Holograms. Oh, I'm going to admit this. I loved Rainbow Bright. And to this day, my mother teases me about what, what, loving Rainbow Bright, not because of the gender thing, but because I watched the movie so much <laughs> that she still remembers quotes from it. Wow. Here, decades later, she's like, I remember when you, you know me again. I'm like, Mom, stop. Stop quoting it. See, the thing is, I didn't watch Rainbow Bright, but I remember every time I saw anything about it, I just got hungry. Because there was cupcakes in everything. <laughs> I was just like, you live in a world of cupcakes. Oh. Yeah, um, I will say the, uh, you know, I did end up watching mostly the boys' cartoons, but the one thing that I did um, do the crossover on was uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids. I never watched the Cabbage Patch Kids. Um, it's really interesting because as a kid, I really thought they were super cute. Mm. And I want to take care of them. <laughs> and so, like... Um, that was quickly drummed out of me by society. Well, but, of course. But it was, um, you know, it's like, oh, they're so cute. But did you know they had a villain? No. <laughs> so, okay, the Cabbage Patch Kids, mm-hmm. you know, because we didn't want to have sexuality with children, they're grown in a cabbage patch, right? Like, yeah. like they come out of cabbages. Right, of course. Because The that villain was-, was a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> So the villain... The villain had a song, or had a little ditty, it would go, um, Cabbages, cabbages, yum, yum, yum. Cabbages, cabbages, give me some. They cut that shit out way early. Because they real... Because when you saw the Cabbage Patch Kids as cabbages, they're little baby heads growing out of the thing. So if you imagine what that means, this rabbit is doing... Right? Like, I, I, I very much hope that someone on DeviantArt has written, has drawn the rabbit covered in blood eating, like, a face cabbage. Right. Uh, because if they have it, they need to. Um, but Rainbow Bright, I loved. And the thing, the, here's the thing I remember. Number one, there was a black person. Okay. Violet was black. Maybe was it Violet or Indigo? I think it was Indigo. Okay. I think Violet was the nerdy white girl. Okay. But Indigo was the black girl. And I, I appreciated it. In fact, I don't know that she was black. Maybe she was Indian. There was she, at least a brown character. There was at least a brown way ahead of a lot of Which characters. I appreciated. Yeah. Um, and the two boys were red and blue. And it's one of those interesting things that I don't know which came first. Mm. But I remember as a child, red and blue being my favorite colors. Mm. And I don't know if I was influenced by the cartoon because they were the only boys or if I liked them... And because you liked red Because and blue. I liked red and blue. Right. Um, but I feel like, even looking back, I haven't seen it in years, that red and blue might have been assholes. Like, now that I think about it a little hard, I'm like... It's one of those things where you kind of want to rewatch and you kind of don't. Yeah, yeah, I feel like even as a child, sometimes red and blue's actions made me go, hmm, I'm going to say no to you. You know, I felt that was actually a funny thing I felt a lot as a kid, as I would watch some cartoons, I'd be like, but the heroes are wrong here. 
Yeah! Like, there'd be something like, like, the heroes go into, like, some place they didn't know was inhabited. Like, like, this is actually this person's home. You went in there, fucked up their shit, and now they're angry at you, and it's like, they're the villain? Yeah. You fucked up. Like, you messed up. Right. You caused this. Um, let's see what, oh, of course there was My Little Pony, Mm -hmm. which I owned. Mm-hmm. So many of the ponies. You know what? I, I'm pretty sure that was my mother's doing, and I feel like I want to thank her for that. I feel like my father would have been like, I'm not buying you any ponies. I don't have any memory of this. I remember owning the ponies, though, and mm-hmm. I feel that was my mom, and I used to brush their pony hair, and I would sit there for hours, and my favorite were the bathtub bathtub toys. Oh, were God, I remember those. Right? They were like half-ish, and you could squeeze them. And they would, like, shoot water. water. I love that shit. Um, and I was a little disappointed at the My Little Pony remake in the 2000s that the sea ponies were gone. I was like, but they were my favorite. So so just an interesting thought that occurred to me, that the uh, pony, like, that basically ponies have become gendered as women, or a women's thing. They did. When, if you think historically, owning a large herd of horses... <laughs> would have been worthy of a prince or a king, you know, in like classic patriarch. I have a thousand horses. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, um, yeah, because I believe the older one. God, I haven't watched it in years, but I believe the older one had male ponies that were main characters, right? Um, so it's not like it was. It was just gendered because the ponies were like. These pretty colors. Right, they're like very pastel. Exactly. Yeah. Which for some reason automatically, I don't understand. That, well, but. you know, actually, my theory on how most of them got gendered is boys' cartoons involved fighting. Mm. That's the main thing. Because, like, as I, I like, you know, earlier I made, a, I was writing down a list of cartoons and I looked at most of these and I was like, y'all, the cartoons I followed involve fighting. Well, but here's the thing My Little Pony had fighting too. My Little Pony had a horror episode. Where wow. they were fucking trapped in that house. I don't. I never understood why they lived in that weird house. But they were trapped in the house, and members were disappearing, and no one knew what the hell was happening. Like these shows were not like you know. I feel like it was still. I remember still one of my friends telling me about the Care Bear movie, right? And Care the thing that was the, this horrible, evil slime that would suck the soul, the the dreams and hope out of children. Exactly. Like, I'm so glad you brought up Care Bears, because I was going to bring up the Care Bears. Or when, when they Bears did their Care Bear stare, all that was left was Ash. Yes. <laughs> they did not... Those movies were dark, because it featured children who had, like, had hope, and things sucked out of them and were now evil. And you were like, shit, that could be me. That was me. As well, let's be honest. Like, what happened as we became disillusioned in life? Like, like I feel bad, and I don't know why. Oh, now I know why. I have and now I'm an adult. Well, now I have a parallel for the Care Bear movie. What's that? So that smoke creature is white privilege. Mm-hmm. And then it comes in and it slowly sucks out your hope for the future in your life. It's like this, oh, <laughs> that's a paper right there. I feel like I could write. You um, know, we could put the, uh, and then also, what's it called? Um, what was that? The uh, Was it the, the Rainforest movie with the fairies? Oh, Fern Gully. Yeah. Oh, Fern Gully. Did you hear, so I remember reading this when it came out. There was controversy about the car- the uh, fairy girl. She had black hair and green eyes, and they're afraid she was too ethnic. Are you kidding me? No, no. Wow. And so, like, that's why I tell people, like, I try and tell people, I'm like, you don't understand how racist <laughs> cartoon, like, like the whole business of cartoons has been. And every time, like, when people, you know, kids, you know, I see on Tumblr, everyone's like. 
people are pointing out, they're like, so, uh, Disney, can we have less white princesses? Like, there's, like, 80% of the world isn't white. And people are like, yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, it's princess movies, and who cares? And I'm like, well, obviously 80% of the fucking world cares. Well, obviously your execs care enough that they're afraid someone's too damn ethnic. Right? Like, if you have the white citizens committee fucking running your, like, movies, let's talk about that, Well, automatically, if you're like, well, who cares, then what does it matter if the princess is brown? Yeah. Who cares in in either direction, then? So you should be with us. Right. If you don't care, but obviously we do, if you're a good person, you should be like, yeah, I'm with them. It doesn't matter to me, so let's have a brown princess to help people out who it matters to. Right. But you're, you're, you are standing for... The white princess, and that is something you need to own. When people say it doesn't matter mm. to keep it white, I need to, we should go see Home. I do want to see Home, and you know what? My, every one of my friends who's seen Home, they loved it. They said this is like what we want from a Disney movie without all the Disney badness. Mm. And the other thing is, you cannot find tips toys anywhere. I saw that. I saw that online. And I was like, that's some bullshit. I did find a link to one. That didn't look half bad. But I was like, why are you not, why do I have all the aliens and not one of Tip? Right. Well, but, so I was feeling 50-50 on, the, on that movie going to see that because I did not like the book that much. Okay. The book was a little too twee for me. And then I started to see all these clips of Rihanna in the recording studio being the amazing person that Rihanna is. Um, if you don't know, I'm a huge fan of Rihanna. She's, oh, I love her. I feel like Rihanna's one of those people who could, like, mock you, make you cry, but you'd be happy that she mocked oh, you. Because you're like, you're like, you're not wrong, though. I told my coworkers, a person. I, I want one of those hugs where she agrees to it, and you're hugging her, but she's sort of pulling away and giving you a side eye, because you've seen hundreds of those online. I was right. like, I want my own Rihanna giving me the side eye for daring to touch her photo. <laughs> Like, you know, she agrees to these fan hugs, and then she's like, ugh, but I don't really want you to touch me. And I'm like, I appreciate that. I would not touch you. I just want you to give me the look. Um, I love her. So I saw all these videos of her, like, doing the lines and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I feel much more interested now. And then all my friends started to see it, and they told me that she brings out the accent in a whole part of it. Mm. And I was like, okay, sold. I'm going to go see it. Well, I mean, I won't lie that a third of what sells me is that there is a fat cat in the movie. <laughs> I love the poofy kids. You well, know, so, like, I mean... <laughs> but also, um, the other reason I almost didn't go see it was Jim Parsons, mm. whose voice is the alien. Oh. Mm. And I was just like, I don't like you. But what one of my friends told me is like, no, 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 it's not Jim Parsons you don't like. It's the Big Bang Theory, which she's uh, right. I hate yeah, that show. Yeah. And she's like, it's the character you hate. Right. Um, she's like, you just need to um, divorce it because he's actually really good in this. And so I'm like, okay. So I am down for that. We should go see Home and like have a whole like home review episode. I would be down with that. Um, yes. So we should probably get back to talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're still on cartoons, though. It's yeah, less yeah. of a divergence. Um, um, oh, God. Uh Shall we go into themes, or shall we go into specific cartoons? Because there's a bunch of different things. We, let's start with themes. What themes are we looking at? Um, well, one is I realized 80s cartoons, there was a whole bunch of focus on transformation. Ooh, there he was. She-Ra. Um, She-Ra was my shit. Um, um, even Thundercats. Thundercats. Um, even, like, Silverhawks, Silver the bad Hawk. guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, 
Monstar of Moonstar. Yes, star. Oh, Jesus. I remember the every time I saw his transformation, I always thought it, it was a little too, like, drug-related to me. Yeah. It's the way he would fiend to look at that star. I was like, nope, not cute. Well, there's that. Um, uh, Voltron. Voltron. Yeah, Combiners. Combiners. Transformers, of Transformers, course. Transformers, of course. Robots. There, it was an interesting... Uh-oh. Turbo Team. <laughs> the worst of the worst. Why does that sound vaguely familiar? Like white boy, who when he gets when he gets wet with water, he turns into a Ferrari <gasps> for no oh. damn reason. That was bad. That I was feel the like worst. I suppre- like I'm someone who didn't suppress Mr. Ed, and I suppressed that. I was like, Mm-mm. yeah, I, I remember because I was just like, who thought this was cool? Why would water turn you into a car? Not that, I mean, not that water would, t- I don't know. It just makes less sense than water turning you to anything else. Right. It's turning you yeah, to you're something You're not even turning to another biological thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just something more ridiculous. Like, I'll take Ronma over that. Like, I'm right. like, at least you turn into something else that's, like, alive. Yeah, everyone turned into something else that was organic. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, God. Um, um, but that's interesting. There was a lot. Gem in the holograms. Oh, yeah. That was also. Right? Yes. There's a lot of transformation that happens in the 80s. That's about empowerment. Empowerment about this like transformation into something more powerful and more able to like handle your problems than you are. Yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, there was also a lot of cocaine in the eighties. We can't we can't put that aside. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of a tough trade off because it's like one of those things where you're like, I love eighties movies. A lot of eighties cartoons were full of imagination, and you destroyed our community. Yeah. And killed a bunch of people. Exactly. Um, can we not do that second part? Like, <laughs> like, can we just have the first part? But I also mean that, like, a lot of the creators and stuff yeah. were doing it, and, like, that whole empowerment transformation thing <laughs> yeah. had a whole other level to it. And now we have, uh, what was that white woman? Was it Lucy? And show oh, that. Jesus. Um, I what? just, Lucy and Under the Skin have collectively torn down the respect I had for Scarlett Johansson after the Avengers... And her album with Pete Yorn. I oh, just and, like, and her oh. comments, her comments about Israel and Palestine. Oh my God, her comments about Israel and Palestine. Yeah, uh, just but done. the other theme was portal fantasy. Uh, but what I thought was interesting is a lot of the portal fantasies were not like we keep jumping back and forth, but you're stuck. Yes, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, you know, not cartoon, but Land of the Lost came Land on around the, the same time. Um, yeah, I feel like that was kind of a thing, too, is being stuck in a weird uh, magical world or transferred into the future or the past. Like, what was that live-action show where the one dude is an astronaut and gets frozen, and then he wakes up in the future? Like, they had a whole bunch of shit Oh, like I don't that. know that one. Oh, That's God, you. it used to be big. I just can't remember it. But, yeah. But you're right. Portal, trapped in another world and trying to find your way home yeah. was a big theme. Like, yeah. um, trying to find your way back to what was familiar. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because that sort of changed. Right. Um, yeah, that was a different theme I thought was interesting. There, you know, there was a lot of weird post-apocalyptic. Well, or like the world was transformed in a way that was completely alien. Right? Well, and also I feel like, picking back on the, like, trying to get home, trying to, like, there was a lot of, like, trying to stop the world from changing. Yeah. I'm specifically thinking of the Pirates of Darkwater. Yeah, Pirates of Darkwater. One of the best cartoons of the 80s. Can we just say that? Yes. I feel like that is... Brown characters, pirates, pirates. Weird biomagical shit going on. 
great weird biomagical shit. Women kicking ass with swords. Oh, was what was her name? Tula? Was that it? Tula or Tila? I remember I crushed her. Yes. I, I was like, oh my god. It's she's amazing. Um and we never got a conclusion to that, did we? Like, no, that one got cut short. That one got canceled. With meanwhile, horrible cartoons went on for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. I um, really kind of one thing that um, would be probably great to find someone who knows the history of is like how much the uh, like there was a parents council that basically had yes. control over TV stuff. I remember this, and uh, it was funny. I was actually watching a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. One of my friends got the DVD set. Oh, and we watched, the, we watched, like, the uh, commentary stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things is in there, they had a character who was, like, on the Heroes team, the Paladin. Mm-hmm. He was basically an ass. He was an ass all the way through. And they said, the reason we made him that way wasn't because that's the character we wanted to put in. The parents' council forced us to. They want a character who, his only role is to basically go against the group and to be punished because not conforming is bad. Wow. Right? And I'm sitting here like, like, that's not even like a, you know how there's like half-ass bullshit messages you could be like, well, okay, I can see that. Like, don't do drugs. Okay, you know, all right, I can kind of see you that. But like, non-conformity. Yeah. And you're going to have an asshole character just to highlight that. Well, I, oh, I mean, Dare was big in the 80s, too. Yeah. Like, that advertisement was everywhere. Which, you know, good on him. Did you ever play, uh, the video game Narcs? Narcs. No. Narcs, you basically are supposed to be cops and you gun everyone down. <laughs> we played this game for months and didn't realize you could actually arrest people. And you get <laughs> points for collecting their drugs. And we just assumed they were crooked cops from the get-go. And the best part was it would always open with the dare screen, you know? Oh. And then we were like, you're running around Uzis gunning people down. Oh, and yeah, as cops, you'd run up and feel up the hookers. It was so fucked up. We were 12 and we were like... What the fuck is this video game made for kids to play? I am so horrified. Yes! You'd you get in the car and you would run people down. You would run them over. We See, were like, wow. I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario Brothers. We played that too. I but... never came across... I can't, or bad things like the Domino's video game, which I don't know if you ever played that. Where oh, you God. played the was Noid. That, yes, the Noid! That's what I thought you full of weird shit. That's what I thought you said at first when you were like the narc video game. I was like, that's why I paused. I was like, the noid? No. Um, mm. uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's some themes that came across my mind. Oh, and teamwork. Teamwork is always a big deal. Teamwork is a big deal. Um, I mean, I think it's also the place where uh, the five man, one woman team was sort of solidified as a theme and a thing. Um, like, all of a sudden, like, there was always one woman in the team. If you were lucky, there were two. Right. But that wasn't all. And usually the second one was a child. Usually the second one was a child or was a stereotype whose only power was, like, sex appeal in some way. Yeah. Because um, that, that was the way they could have two women, was to have, like, them embody this sort of virgin whore trope. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, never get along. Um, <sighs> Baroness. Oh, Baroness. Baroness and Destro, my OTP. (laughs) You saw the G.I. Joe community episode, yes? No, I haven't. Oh, we're going to have to sit down and watch that. It's where um, they they are in the G.I. Joe world, and they actually kill Destro in the first 15 15 seconds. But Destro's the best guy! Well, he's, he's parachuting away, and the guy's like, the leader, I can't remember the G.I. Joe's name, is like, well, looks like we'll get them next time. And Joel McHale's character, 
cartoon character is like, no, we can do it this time. And he's like, and like, <laughs> shoots the parachute. So he just falls. And then just, he's like, wait, what are you doing? Bro? And he falls and thumps. And everyone around him looks horrified, especially Scarlet. And he goes, go, Joe. <laughs> I have to watch this. It's That's amazing. Amazing. Oh um, because, you know, they were all horrible shots. <laughs> right, right, That was the thing. They never injured each other as much as they fired at well, each it's other. Like, it's like Ninja Turtles. The only time sharp weapons work is when they're hitting, like, ropes or some shit. They could never actually cut each other. Or if it's a robot. Yes. If it's a robot, they could cut it. Yeah. Well, but also, it was sort of like... I wonder if that's where, like, a lot of people got the idea that guns were okay to play with. Like, I'll fire it, it won't hit anyone, it's fine, it just scares people. And in contrast, um, that was one thing I really liked about Gargoyles. Because early on, Gargoyles had a gun safety episode. They did. It wasn't very, it wasn't, like, super moralizing. It's like, one of the Gargoyles, he's, he's new to the modern world, he finds a gun, he plays with it, accidentally shoots uh, Eliza Maza, and she's in the hospital for a couple episodes. Like, I was like, I remember this. I was like, it's Lexington who does it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and you guys realize guns are damn dangerous. Aw, and I love Lexington. He comes out later in the car- in the comic book. You know, um, I only have one issue with that damn comic. I need to find the rest. He, he later comes out and has, like, a little romance with, like, some British gargoyles that are more, like, animal-based. Well, given the gender imbalance that we saw in the cartoon, I'm sort of like, y'all... You, you guys are in trouble. Yeah, like, you're going to die out quick. Yeah. Quick. Um, I mean, like, for that reason alone, well, I mean, aside from the fact that I also deeply crush uh, Demona, it'd be like, no, you all need to make allies with her, because that's your race. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but speaking of Jem, Jem is coming back in two forms. Okay. We're getting the film, which I... Yeah, I heard about. My body goes, oh... And we're also getting the comic book. Oh, excuse me. Um, I love the artist on the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forget her first name now. Um, her last name is Campbell, though. Okay. And she's the one who uh, did the art for Glory, for the revamp of Glory. Oh, okay. So I love her. I think she's amazing. Um, I, I think the thing I appreciate the most is that she tends to write or draw um, women's bodies in a variety of shapes. Right. Like, there are women who are, like, very muscled, and there are women who have, like, rounded hips, and there are women who are larger and smaller. And didn't, didn't they say they're actually canonically making a... Uh, Kimber and Stormer yes. are going to be a couple, which yes. is also awesome. Um, there are some people who are a little miffed at it, and I can understand their argument, which is that, like, there's some bi-invisibility happening there if they're both, like, coded... Um, as lesbians from the jump. Right. Real talk. I mean, I don't know if they said they would be coded as lesbians from the jump or if they just said they'd be in a relationship. Right. So I'm going to wait till the comic book to see. I'm much more hyped for the comic um, than I am for... Oh, and their race-bending Jetta um, mm. from the Misfits because they were like, the Misfits ain't got no one brown. And so Jetta, I think, is going to be black British. Mm. Um, and they're giving her something aside from the saxophone because they were like, saxophone is the 80s. Um, yeah, (laughs) there's no, um, I sort of wish they'd kept it and worked it in. Um, the movie, (sighs) there's a lot of issues with, Shayna was visibly brown. Shayna was dark skinned. Mm -hmm. Shayna had the fabulous purple hair. Before anyone told me anything, 
when I looked at the forecasting pictures for the women who were going to be playing the band, I thought the girl who was playing Aja was the one who had been cast as Shayna because she was the darkest one there. Mm-hmm. And someone else had to correct me. And there's a lot... I mean, it's a complex issue to talk about color, but there is a history of Hollywood lightening up characters. Right. A long history. Um, and I just found it sort of problematic. I, I wanted Shayna to be more visibly brown, um, which is not to say that the young woman who's cast is, like, not brown or, like, has to... Have but there's definitely colorism issues. There's definitely colorism and, issues, and it's tough because I think that's the problem with a lot of these '80s cartoons, like remakes or want to remakes. There's a lot of stuff. Like I made this list, and I was looking at some of these. I was like, man, this would be really good for them to bring back. Like, um, they did a they did a remake of like the uh, Thundercats thing, yeah. and it wasn't terrible. Well, you know, I only saw like maybe six or seven episodes, but I was like, this is actually kind of interesting. I think the problem specifically is when they do it as a live action. Because the other one I'm thinking of, which I think is an older cartoon, I think it's 70s, um, is Josie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. who Valerie, the drummer, or not the drummer, sorry, the drummer was Melody, Valerie, the bassist, um, or guitar player, I can't remember, anyway, was black, with a fro. Uh, we love us some Valerie. Right. Um, in the movie, she's played by Rosario Dawson, who I love Rosario Dawson. I mean, I do, but... But... That's a long way from the dark-skinned girl with the afro that she was portrayed in the fil- in the cartoons as. It, it seems like the more money is involved in the production, the more racist and sexist shit happens. Yeah. Um, like, this is the reason why the comic books can do more daring shit, because there's so little money comparatively in the production. Cartoons a little, you know, uh, less, but then movies, not, you know. Yeah, movies just straight up, like, do yeah. bullshit. Um, I will probably still go see the Gem movie. I'm just not as excited as I was for it. Um, I was also going to say, there was a couple old school cartoons I forgot about I want to bring up. Which ones? Um, okay. Give me some. Mysterious Cities of Gold. Oh! I love that cartoon. I watched, I rewatched some like a while ago, and I remember some parts are really good and some parts are really problematic. Ooh, I'm glad I haven't rewatched But I mean, I mean <laughs> come on, Spanish, Spanish, uh, you know, colonization of the Americas. There's definitely got to be... It's just going to be problems. Right, right. Um, But what I thought was really interesting is brown characters. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there was... uh, What's her name? Zia. So we actually had... You know, and she was actually doing more than a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The kids were still kids. Like, whenever there was a fight, the kids were not involved in the fight. We're kids. We cannot tangle with these grown adults. Exactly. Um... Uh, you know, uh, what's it called? They actually had, like, Catholicism and Christianity, you know, in the show, right? Like, you know, just, like, as a present force, which makes sense, but, like, pretty much cartoon sense have no religion. No, they don't. You know, and I understand you're trying not to offend anyone, but at the same time, it's like, huh. Um, biggest Paul Mac thing, of course, was the Olmecs turn out to be white, bald aliens. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, native, you know, indigenous people can't do anything like build pyramids. Build pyramids or, or, you know. Without alien help. Right. Um, can we just segue into how fucking racist that that idea is? Yes. And the History Channel, the fact that they make their bread and butter on this shit now? History Channel is just like Hitler and aliens, right? Right? And I'm just like... Hitler, aliens, and sometimes Vikings. So it's all racism. Right. It's all racism. And, like, Hitler, 
fucking racist, anti-Semitic. And then the aliens had to build things for the brown people because they were too dumb to do it themselves. Racist. I used to love History Channel. Uh, And so here was the cartoon I forgot about until I looked online today. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the greatest 80s cartoon that's always forgotten, and I absolutely want DVDs to see it again. Which one? Muppet Babies. Oh, the Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies is so amazing. It is a fantastic, fantastic cartoon. Because it's like all the goodness of the Muppets, except like a full storyline in every episode. Yep. And every episode was basically them doing like a parody of like a TV show or a movie. And... It was great, and it was also because it was explicitly jumping back and forth between their imaginary world and the real world, yes. which as a kid you did. I absolutely want to see that again. That is a fantastic cartoon. And they also had real shit. Like, yeah. I remember the episode where they thought Gonzo was going to be taken away right. and given to another family. I was right. like, this is some shit happening. Like, they are not playing on Muppet Babies. And I think, like, you know, like, I mean, we always joke about stuff like, where's Dora's parents? But it's like... I remember, like, as a latch, you know, as a kid, like, I had both parents, but they were working all the time. Exactly. Like, the fact of being left alone for long periods of time and forced to use your imagination because you've got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of keyed in, in yeah. a deep way for me and a lot of my friends, right? Yeah, no, like, that was, that was, same thing. Like, I came home, I was alone for hours because people were working most right. of the time. Um, yeah, no, I appreciated Muppet Babies on a huge level. But that reminds me. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Have you seen um, the robot chicken? I think it's robot chicken. Muppet thing? I haven't. Where they start to get murdered. And, like, so it's it's set in, like, the Muppet theater. And they're starting to get murdered. And you're like, what's happening? And then they're like, it must be what happened when we were kids. We swore we'd never talk about it. And then it flashes back to them as Muppet babies. (laughs) And it turns out that Skeeter was a huge bully that they drowned in the pool while Scooter was away. (laughs) And now Scooter has um, a split personality and dresses up like Skeeter to try and kill them all. It's dark. Um, Okay. But it's an explanation why Skeeter never showed up in the Muppet Muppet Theater. Um, There was also another class of cartoons I forgot about. These were not good. Uh But they were... uh, So, take a sitcom or, like, adult kind of TV show and then make it a cartoon. Mr. T... Mork and Mindy, oh. Alf, and it was like these were all cartoons that, or these were all TV shows that you're kind of like, this is like two point five star at best, yeah. and then you make a cartoon and it's guaranteed to go Wait, into the gutter, right? I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, my love of gutter stuff started early because I'm a gutter lover. I'm my own lad. Um, I watched the Mr. T cartoon, okay, and very much enjoyed it. <laughs> and I watched the ALF cartoon and very much enjoyed it. Because here's what I would say about the ALF cartoon. Is that it was not just about them on Earth. Like, it was stuff they on ALF's whole planet. Yes, right? they got in a spaceship, they went to his own planet. There was shit happening. Um, and, you know, I remember specifically eating my Frosted Flakes while watching the ALF cartoon before school. So, um, yes, they were gutter. They were horrible. I mean, but as kids, of course, you're like... You have way more, you know, you have way more acceptance levels, right? This is true. Um, oh, did you, did you, at some point, you should probably look up the real history of Mr. T as a person. He's kind of amazing. Okay. He was basically this hardcore bodyguard, and he actually would go, like, rescue people in trouble. Ooh. All the chains he had were 
assholes he beat up. Oh my god. So those were actually legit, like, he earned, he, he like, earned those He battles. earned those, right? And so he could legit, he could seriously fight. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, what it, oh, so the one I wanted to bring up that mm-hmm. I thank god remembered, because how could any conversation on 80s cartoons not talk about this cartoon? I think it was 80s. Is it 90s? Well, let's go with it. Captain Planet. Yes, Captain Planet, I think, was early 90s, but that's fine. It was, like, a good continuation. It was a good... Teamwork, transformation, the token kids of color. Let's talk about it than others. Let's talk about the token, though. Because that is one of the things I call it... I I actually reference this a lot in my life, where I call it Captain Planet Diversity. Yes. Where the people are the right color, but... They have, like, no cultural connection whatsoever to the heritage they're supposed to be representing. Bionic 6. Oh. (laughs) That was literally the gotta-collect-them-all-adopt-a-family move, right? Right. There's a difference between, like, look, this is a diverse team of people who all have different opinions and come from different places, and look, we're just gonna shade these people different colors on the the coloring board, and then, and give them a whack-ass accent... Mm-hmm. And I'm not even just talking about um, poor Linka. Poor Linka. She was supposed to be from Russia. They 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 did her wrong. They did everyone wrong in the captain and Mati most of all. I you know this actually reminded me of the other stereotype thing that was Uh-oh. such an issue. Transformers. Black Transformers. Bumblebee. No, no, no. no B, what is it? You had um, you had Jazz. Jazz. That's what you I'm had. Thinking. Jazz, and then you had Blaster. And, and it's, like, one of those things that I felt, like, like, uh, it's, it bugs me so much just because they're a token. Yeah. Right? Like, if you told me that there was subcultures within Transformers, they have a planet in three million years, at least three million years of history, fair enough, you would have subcultures. I yeah. accept that. But the fact is that, like, they're just the AAVE-speaking Transformers. clearly tokens. And, and you could have even given me some other way to accept this, like, we woke up and we were halfway across the planet, or, like, we were over here, and we grew up, you know, basically, we got accustomed to Earth by, with black people. That would have been interesting, but the fact it was a cop car, mm-hmm. and the fucking boombox, like, <laughs> seriously, all you needed was one that transformed into a spray can to complete the, like, uh-huh. what the fuckery. Right, but um, and here's the thing: people didn't understand why people of color were angry when Jazz died in the movies. Right, and it was like because that was all we had. Right, that was all we had of that cartoon, and you took it away. Right, it was fucked up, and it was a token, and we hated on an intellectual level. But it was the us. only thing it was we the had. only yeah. thing we had, and they didn't even make the female Transformer at all. I think in four movies, have they? Uh, oh, the female, uh, well... She's she, the pink and... Pink she and white showed up, she showed... Well, you mean in the new movies. Yeah, I don't know. No, like in the live-action films. No. I do have to say, though, of the new Transformers stuff, Transformers Prime turned out to be really good. Um, okay. even though, even though the visual aesthetic is very Michael Bay, um, RC is a motorcycle and a commando. Okay. And she's regularly good on her tactics and beating fools down, so... Okay, I love me some RC. You know, and, I always connected with the female character. I and of the humans, which I always look at Transformers movies and go, why do we need humans? Yeah. But uh, of the kids, um, Miko's the hot-headed, rock, uh, rocking Asian girl. Mm. 
And I think, like, her, like, when she decides to show off her rock skills, she has a song called I'll Punch You in the Face or something like that. And I was like, I appreciate I that. I kind of love you. Like, yeah, I always connected with the female characters. I broke a pot in my mom's house trying to beat Chitara and spin some shit fast. Oh, Chitara. Um, another cartoon crush. I mean, who martial arts, like... I mean, it's Thundercats. Yeah. I, I had a crush on Panthro. Panthro's you know, probably the only token token black character that I was, like, okay with. Well, because Panthro at least knew some shit. Panthro was both strong and intelligent. Yeah. And I have to... So, he builds a Thunder Tank. Mm-hmm. He builds their base in a week. Which right. already I'm like... I, but, like, now that I have, like, all kinds of, like, hindsight, I'm sort of like... So, the one black character builds your, rebuilds your civilization. Yeah, yeah. Like, we talk, talk about, like, labor issues and exploitation. But my favorite episode was the point, like, it was, like, third season or some shit. They get into space, and uh, Mumroth threw the sword into a black hole. Oh, God. And everyone's like, oh, God, we're fucked. And Panther was like, they're like, once something goes in a black hole, nothing comes out. Panther was like, I have a theory about that. Flies them into the black hole, into another dimension. I'm like, what are you doing in your spare time, Panthro? That you're just like, no, I got a theory about that. Let me fix that. Like, seriously, if anyone oh is god. the hero of the revival of their civilization, it's that dude. Oh my god, I love it. I love Panthro. That's some good shit. I, I'm also angry that Destro is not canonically black because he read as black to me as a kid. Hmm, real talk. I didn't watch G.I. Joe enough to have that read on him. I watched it a few times, but I was very much like... I feel part of it was he was the most sensible of of Cobra. He got his money. It didn't matter that Cobra was constantly losing battles. He got his money. (laughs) Which told me, I was like, yeah, the reason you're not the leader is because you know this is a losing proposition to win the battles, but you're making money every time, and you're smart enough to get with Baroness. This is true. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um. All right. So now we're gonna go on to why must it be? Why must it be? Um. And really, for anyone who doesn't know, why must it be is from Invader Zim, which is one of the best cartoons ever. Yeah, Invader Zim, so good, so good. <laughs> I mourn it. I mourn it so often. Um. So my why must it be is related to Gunner Creek Court. Mm. Which is a fantastic webcomic that I very much enjoy. It moves a little slow at times, not going to lie. And I still haven't caught up. I mean, yeah. it's hard. I like to let it build up like a couple chapters before I go and read it because I just can't like do this pay- three pages a week thing. It, it doesn't help that he basically will do like two two goofy bullshit stories and then one like, oh shit story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, is this bullshit or is this great? Like, Yeah, I can't really tell. And, uh, when I say bullshit, I'm not saying they're bad. It's just, like, meandering and silly. Right? Yeah, like, meandering. And some of those are really entertaining, and sometimes you're like, did we have to? Yeah. Yeah. So, a recent panel, a recent storyline, showed uh, Carver abusing Antimony. Um, basically punishing her hardcore in a way that's not, that's not a teacher And, and I, th- I saw, like, a little bit of that. That's, like, it was this very gendered, you don't wear makeup in class or something. Like, it was really... It was really gendered and fucked up. Like, when I saw it, I actually thought it was a dream sequence. Right? Because I was, like, it was so aggressive and out the blue, right? Exactly. And it's, like, so people have started to defend, have defended this. By being like, well, you know, Annie breaks the rules sometimes, and uh, basically all the shit that abusers say to justify their abuse. Right. I'm sorry, you made me do this, you shouldn't act this way. 
And the fucked up thing is that Tom Sedell knows he's doing something fucked up. He's tweeted about it and been like, sometimes artists just are trying to make you feel something. They're doing a specific thing. It's not something for you to support. Right. It's not like my... Like, like I'm showing you a problematic character. Yeah. Recognize he's a he's problematic. Don't celebrate him. Yes, right? this problematicness is part of the story, which I can get behind. Right. You're not just doing something and, like, tossing it aside when it's fucked up. Yeah. So... My why must it be are these fans who are so, who love something, listen, we all love things, but are so blind and unable to see the problems in it. Right. Um, everything we love is problematic in some ways. Like, let's be real. Right. And Wicked and the Divine, which we talked about, Amy Tarasu, Amaterasu. Yeah. They call her Amy in that, which also annoys me. Um, could have been a Japanese-British woman right. very easily. Right. She's a white woman. They bring it up a little bit. But it felt like a lampshading, right? Like, felt, yeah. like, I'll bring it up and then it's okay. Right? And I was like, mmm. Yeah, yeah. I still love the comic. I still think it's fantastic. It's a really fun comic. I mean, but, even you know, there's definitely parts even I was kind of like, because, like, the one black character, how it's like, I'm like, okay, so is he really bombastic because... You know, it's like, okay, you finally have power and a chance to really shine? Or is this, like, some sketchy projection of rap stars, right? Right. Because it's like, what's going on here? See, and I I wanted to read it. I wanted to read it as someone who was angry that they were going to be dead in two years. Right. But because of the way they portrayed it, I was like, I'm not sure if you're just doing an angry black man. Right. And that is annoying. An angry and very, like, bombastic and loud. Loud, aggressive, threatening. Um, You know... I mean, if he had been threatening two white women, it would have been just the whole trifecta. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, someone could easily bring up the thing of, like, oh, well, look at how Lucy's treated compared to him. Mm, right. Yeah. Right. Because even though, yeah, she's in jail, it's sort of like, she's in jail, but it's not like people are out there like, oh, my God, it's the devil. Right? Yeah. Which is how people would actually react. Right. You've got to... Mm, right. So, problematic things. They happen in stories. They happen on purpose. They happen not on purpose. We need to be able to critique them and not blindly defend something because you like it. Right. I mean, I love me some Mass Effect. You know this. That's my favorite, <sighs> favorite yeah. game series. But issues. But issues. I'm fucking pissed that we didn't get a gay male love story until the third game. I'm fucking pissed that the lesbian love story was not really a lesbian love story. It was really that projection blue all-female sexy species, which is a problem. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Be able to see the whole picture and critique the things you love. Because guess what? That's how things get better. Right. So, for you to blindly defend what is clearly abuse, when even the creator is like, this is clearly not, like, a good thing. Right. It's not something that she deserved. It's a part of the storyline. And I wouldn't... And if I'm correctly remembering, isn't Carver the one who was in love with her mother? Mm. Maybe. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. But I think he might be the one who was in love with her mother. A lot of people were in love with her mother. Which is also... Like, like, it's one of those things where this could be a good story, but I need you to give me the rest to actually fill that out, right? Yeah, it feels very much like, um... Young woman is special, and her special power is people love her. Right. It's very Bella Swan. And you can twist that and make that interesting, but until you drop that other foot, we don't know, right? Well, and... You know what that just made me think of? A little meander. Misfits, the British TV show. Oh. Did you ever watch I didn't this? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's told me to check it out, though. Mm. So check it out. Yeah. They do some interesting things. Um, here, here's the issue. 
mm-hmm. with the, from the very beginning. Five of them struck by lightning. They got powers. Oh, wait. This is the one where you get the black woman who, like, basically can seduce anyone. Well, and it, her, her powers are all based on sex or something. It's shit. all based on sex, but it's not even she can. It's that she can't help doing it. Because her powers, like rogues, it's based on touch. So anytime, and she's shown as this over-sexualized girl in the beginning who, like, wants to wear her bra openly with the suit unzipped. And so now, anytime anyone touches her skin, they start talking about what they want to do to her. Yeah, so audience, you can't see my face, but I'm making a face. I'm making a face. Like, holy shit. What the fuck? So, yes. And and at a certain point, their powers switch, and she doesn't have that power anymore. But But still, still, the fact that it even happened. The right. fact that it started there, I was just like, ooh, but really? And the black man's crime for what he's on there has to do with drugs. I think it has uh, to do with drugs. Yeah, it does. Uh, so there's, like, some problems. I think there's also some interesting stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, so my why must it be is basically, um, and we did this, we talked on, on Twitter a bit about this, about when... When people are doing, like, an alternate history or a spec fic or a dystopia, mm-hmm. and their oh-so-great way of, like, showing that, say, racism is bad is, like, and then the white people are oppressed. Or, what if uh, the, what if women ruled men? And it's, like, they, they think they're being subversive or some yeah. shit, but, like, the fact is, it's, like, yeah, but actually, the way it really works is really happening right now, and... Why do you need to do this flip to be shocking and it actually isn't that shocking? Right? Like, and the most fucked up part is that there are people who've done that well. Right. There are people like Stephen Barnes. There are people like, um, uh, Sherry Tepper. Right. There are people who've done, like, the, the matriarchy or the, like, racial flip in an alternate history very well. Because you know what they actually do is they actually say, well, if we had this structure, how would the society be different? Yeah. As opposed to, let me take all the whining from, like, white supremacist MRAs who believe they're secretly suffering white genocide Ugh. and that the women are destroying everything and just make that, a, make that our future. It's like, no, that's not, like, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing about that that makes you go, oh, yes, that's subversive. Like, no, that's the same old projection bullshit. And can we just for a moment, that term, white genocide... I want to punch everyone in the mouth who uses it. Because, number one, how privileged of you to have a genocide where people aren't being cut into pieces in the street like the rest of us. Well, you know, like, this is the thing. They they were saying that shit for years. Any, they, they basically are saying that when other people have babies. Yeah, you're having too many kids. It's white genocide to us. Us having children is genocide to you? Under what goddamn logic? What goddamn definition? Right. So that, sorry, that was just a little no, thing no, I had it's to get okay. out, because that's really, it, it, that term just enrages me, when real genocides are happening all over the world, at right. every moment, and you don't even give a shit about it, because the people who are suffering are brown, or just not white enough well, for it, you. It's, it's the same logic like when they go, well, what about the Irish? And I say, so if the Irish were mistreated, yeah, I'm pretty sure the correct answer is that no one should be mistreated, yeah. not... Well, we're not suffering anymore. I don't know why you're complaining. Right? Like, 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 so you just used your ancestors as a political point to say slavery and mistreatment is okay? Mm-hmm. Huh. Good job. Like, <laughs> I always imagine that they get, like, 
bitch slapped by their ancestors sometime in their dreams. I wish I could say that, but given how many people who did make the transfer over to whiteness, you yeah. kind of wonder how many people along the way had complicity, right? I mean, a lot of but, them. Had uh, okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah, off topic. Yeah, I mean, but basically, yes. It, it's, it's just like, you know, this whole thing of, in this world, or, or the other version is, in this world, robots are oppressed and black people hate them. And I'm just like, look, guys, you, all you do is project hate. You you project your hate actions onto other people, and you never deal with your own actual hate actions. Because rest assured, if aliens showed up, I'm pretty sure the KKK and neo-Nazis would be against them, too. Yeah. Right? Like, Let's talk about that. <laughs> and, uh, like, I love a good robot um, robot freedom story. Yeah. I love a good free robot religiously. Or I love all that shit. Robot finding out what it means to be this essentially yeah. being. Like, these are all fun, right? These are all great things. But this fucking bullshit of a thinly veiled... Because what it is, is um, the writing of your fear of what would happen if we're in power. Because you think that if we get power, we're going to treat you the same way you treat us. Right. And it's like, no. No. Because guess what? We felt it. We don't want to do it to someone else. Well, well most of us. Yeah, but I mean, basically, it's like, you know, all the people are like, oh my god, Obama's gonna put us all into white white labor FEMA camps, and it's like, between the Patriot Act and Homeland Security, if that was something he could or wanted to do, it would have happened. Yeah. It hasn't. Guess, who, guess who's in detention camps? Brown people. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> all over the world. Right. Horrible like, detention camps. In America. But, you know, this is the thing. It's like, I, I understand spec fic, you go away from reality. But you go away from reality as commentary or some kind of thing about reality, right? Well, and also, why is your going away from reality and creating your fantasy world the equivalent of the paranoia fears of, like, white supremacists and MRAs, right? Exactly. So, yeah, that's my thing. Um, I'm ranted out on that, because I can only take so much rage at a time. I still haven't gotten the Force Lightning, no matter how much I hate. Um, I know, I'm, I'm still wondering if I can sue George Lucas. He told me... That if I hated, I would get forced lightning. I went down the whole chain. Hate, fear, all of it. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. People still don't just burst into flame when I look at you them know, in the bar. Yeah, maybe that's it. The Sith or the dark side because they're Scientologists. You get no powers at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you go through the whole program, you get nothing at the end. <laughs> now, see, now we're going to have rattlesnakes in our mailboxes and shit. <laughs> Tom Cruise is going to rant against us. But he might put the fire out with his witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> that is still the only film of that man's that I enjoy. Fair Talladega Nights. No, actually, I like that unscripted one, too. Okay. Uh, but so, yeah, way off topic. Uh, what's our email again? It is yellowperil.magicalnegro at gmail.com. Check us out there. Check us out on the Twitters. Um, oh, so many Twitters. So many and, Twitters. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next week, yeah? <laughs>